0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios of Silver Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And we uh, we enjoy the show. We've been doing it for quite some time now. And so if you have been listening from the start, thank you. I appreciate it. If this is the first time you're tuning in or checking it out, we just try to have real discussions. Uh, Dave's twice my age. Uh, I'm technically. Hence the younger older. That's right. He's, he's billed as a boomer. Uh, I'm technically billed as a millennial, whatever that means to you listening. Uh, to us, it doesn't mean anything um except dave likes peeps and that's about it and uh no no. but we just like having discussions you know because that's one thing that i would say is a losing skill art form whatever you want to do it necessity is nobody wants to talk and just talk openly to have an honest conversation without attacking people and so we just try to do that here as we try to say all right what does the bible say and how does that impact our everyday life and have those conversations and really just challenging the thought processes and so if you're listening to this show our hope is that um, as you think through the things that we talk about that maybe you get poked by the holy spirit to be like huh is that something i need to look at in my life and i invite you to invite god into your life and say all right what things maybe do i need to be convicted on and, and what steps do i need to be willing to take and i encourage you to do so boldly um i think in our culture um, oftentimes we, we've become in the habit of suppressing the voice of the Holy Spirit in our life, saying, well, I know I probably should do that, but I'm not going to do that because nobody else is doing it. And let me tell you this, and we briefly talked about this in the last show, that the world is doing a whole lot of things that we shouldn't. Right. And so at some point, you're going to have to make a decision that you need to look different than the rest of the world, which is a hard choice because you will go against the flow. You'll probably be hated for it. People won't get you. But that's what it means to follow God, right. uh, especially in our in our in our cultural trends. And so um, I encourage you to, to get in the word, because as you get to know the heart of God, the easier it will be to take that step, because you'll help understand it. And he will be there each step of the way to help you. And that's a promise. Um, and so that's that's what we're talking about today. And and, yep. and and a lot of that comes down to the way that you feed yourself and the things that you allow to influence yourself. Absolutely. And and I think uh, that's what we're going to talk about on the show today is is what are you allowing, you, what voices are you listening to? Yeah. What are you devoting your, your effort, your time, and your energy to? Because if you were to unplug everything um, and just do life, if you were to say, all right, regardless of you know, responsibilities, life, money, and all that, at the end of the day, what are the things that matter to me? I'd be curious to see what your answers are
1: absolutely you know I was talking to the Nicolay Bible Institute students just about uh snares in life snares, traps traps you know uh, up we're in a, in northern wisconsin it's a trapping area there's other places where they trap animals and one of the things that you realize is there's never an animal that says i'm going to walk into the trap yeah in fact they figure ways around it um uh animals are not um as dumb as we think they are my my wife yesterday took a picture of a squirrel Eating from my squirrel-proof bird feeder. Mm, yes. Because this squirrel was doing all kinds of acrobatics.
0: Those the squirrels can do that. They
1: can do that, and and for some reason he understood what he needed to do, not to trip that thing and and get he could steal all the food out of it. So, <laughs> you know, good for him. Uh, the bottom line really is when when you trap an animal, you have to study the animal first, and you go and you look at a way where their habits are and their path, they take paths and they take the path of least resistance. And that's normally what happens. And eventually you get them in the habit. They're walking a certain path and you put a snare there or a trap there eventually. Now they keep doing their normal routine and in their normal routine, they get snapped. Mm-hmm. And once they're in the trap, it's too late. Yeah. Now the funny part is they've done that normal routine over and over again. And it didn't seem like it hurt them. Yeah until one day i would suggest as you look through the bible you realize that that's how satan works he works at setting snares or traps along the way and oftentimes he'll take a long time to let us get into certain habits certain things so that we're not even aware of what they are but then in the end we find ourselves in a trap yeah kind of like quicksand or something else i i remember i i learned that once i was um doing something stupid i was out with a bunch of high school kids, and we were out in the woods for a week on horses and and we were going to a lake that had a a place to water the horses and I saw this bog next to it, and you know i I had thought well, you know it'd be fun i had to, I had a really great horse. I could probably get across that bog and not sink mm-hmm. you know I could just get this horse going fast enough, and I, I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking all wrong, but I was thinking, boy, I could do this and so i I took my horse I said, nobody follow me, and I went Pfft, that horse before I know it was down belly deep in this bog dirt. Mm. And I I looked stupid. I mean, I looked absolutely like Now, here's my thought. I Well, it looked pretty good and and I've been riding all week and this horse has the ability to get out of things. I went too far. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there looking at this horse and I worked hours on this thing trying to get it out of the bog and it kept, you know, I was sinking, it was sinking. I'm full of mud. There were people around the lake and they started watching us. It was their amusement for the week. And and I'm trying to get this horse out and I was talking to some farmers and called them and they said, Yeah, well what we do and to get cows caught in the mud, you know, or whatever's we'll get our tractor over there and you get the rope around their their you know, behind their front legs there and we just give them a little yank, you know, and they come out and Oh man, I was frustrated. And the thing I kept thinking about was, Why did I do this?
0: Mhm.
1: Why did I end up here? Yeah, this is a total waste of my time and life, and I could hurt this horse. Everything about it is bad. Uh, well, after a couple of hours, and I was frustrated, and I was doing everything I could. I look over there, and the horse just came out on its own. It just, <laughs> it just walked out, and I thought, you, you, snooker, you know and I mean, sure. it, he right. got me.
0: Yep, yep, yep. But
1: That's I learned a lesson. I, I thought, you know, I did something to impress people. It was a very in a moment kind of thing. I was wrong as far as the danger goes. Yeah, it was much more dangerous. Since then, I have seen uh, and heard of many horses that have been caught in bogs and died. So it, you know, it's like no, I I learned something that day. I'm thankful that it wasn't the kind of bog that would take the horse completely, and that it could get out. It was toying with my head, I guess, or God got it out or something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but I think that's what life is like. I think people miss the idea that there's this process in place, and that's why in the in the, like the Sermon on the Mount, we're we're told, you know, the process. If if you don't lust, then you'll probably not commit adultery. You see, the process it starts with lust, so that's the area you want to stop. You, you don't want to get into pornography. You don't want to start thinking of people as sexualize you know, sexualize them all the time. You you want to look them in the eyes. We said in the last broadcast, you want to so. Because there's a process, and if you back the bus up a little bit, and you you go after the process when it's still able to get it, you know, mm-hmm. at the lust stage or murder, you know, it says, you know, don't be, don't hate, because when you hate someone, it's like you murdered them. Well, again, it's the process. Honestly, if you, if you're not hating somebody, you're not going to murder them. Mm-hmm. If you're not lusting after somebody, you're not going to commit adultery. You know, so what Jesus basically says in the Sermon on the Mount is. I want you to understand that, yes, the the sin that I don't want you to, to commit is is because I love you and you do that, you're not going to be okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it's not like you wake up one day and go, ah, I'm going to murder my friend. I, I mean, you don't do that. You get there through this process. So what you want to do is watch the processes in your life. And and in order for us to watch the processes, I came up with a chart actually for the uh, Nicolai Bible Institute students. I said, you know, A lot of us look at our actions in life, and and your final action could be even a feeling, I feel depressed, I'm anxious, I I act out, I I do things I shouldn't do. So how do you control your actions? And and you could say to somebody, well, you just grit your teeth and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, and do what you're supposed to. Well, yes and no. You know, first of all, one of the things I think I I like to train young people on, and we've said this before, is you got to learn that you have feelings and emotions, and you have to learn that they don't control you. Yeah. So, however you want to do that. So, you as a parent, you have three sons. How do you teach them? You got you, you have feelings and emotions. I want you to know that you can enjoy those. We cook a good steak over a grill. I I want you to feel good about it. You know, what mm-hmm. I mean, you you. You know, pluck an apple a, a fresh apple off a, an apple tree and eat it i want you to feel good about it god made it so you have these feelings you 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 really don't need to take the feelings and suppress them in, in that way it's not about saying i don't have feelings it's it's even realizing that different people have feelings and demonstrate them different ways so i'm scandinavian we don't have that many feelings we, we just have them but they're quiet you know and they're they're not expressive some other nationalities they're they're you know um, reading in the Bible at what some of those early uh, um, Jewish uh, funerals were like, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of sweets there and how they do it because there's wailing and there's different things like that. And none of that's wrong, by the way. I'm just saying it's different. Right. And it's not that we have to say, I need to have no feelings. No. We need to understand that the feelings don't control us. So the thing that I've said so many times is there should be things in our life where we say, I could have that, I could do this, but I'm not going to. Why? You're just training yourself in a certain way to say I'm not. See, that's part of the process thinking. Yep. So for students, it's I, I ask them, get a candy bar you really like. You really like that. You look at I can't wait to eat it. Look at it, pick it up, smell it. Put it down. Say, I'm not going to eat it. It's only a candy bar. I understand if you eat it, you didn't commit a sin. I, I understand that. But what I want you to know is it's okay to really want to eat it, but you don't eat it. Mm -hmm. that's all i'm trying to train you in yeah and and so you know i know your kids are young but that's what i encourage you to do figure out ways where they can say no to themselves but they understand that the feeling isn't evil right you know so you could want three desserts in a meal i mean i understand that and you could say boy it's good you want that it really shows you like it so you get one Mm
0: -hmm. you know
1: choose one not two yeah and uh, or something like that so i I encourage all parents that are listening regardless of the age of your children how do you teach them that feelings and emotions are not something that are evil um but they're not things that control us either right and then when they do get to the side where you notice they're not right you go okay somebody you know like your child might say i hate that person okay let's talk about that What, what does that mean why what does the word hate mean to you right you know, because again, that's that's a, a chance. You said you need to, you need to be open in communication with your children. Okay, just tell me what you mean, because I doubt you want to go murder the person. I, and you know, if I was a kid, I might say yes, I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. You know, honestly. Yeah. So so then you have a good discussion about it, because it's like okay, I understand that. One of the funny things is is for us to respond and say no, you don't really want to do that. And it's like oh, I do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. And it's like okay, let's let's back that one up. Yep and uh, not be necessarily shocked by it, but let's talk about it. Uh, If your child watches a lot of television movies, I'm telling you, there's a lot of sexualization, there's a lot of violence, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things. I've told our Nicolet Bible students often that um, if there was ever a television program about my wife and my life, no one would watch it, it would be the most boring thing in the world. (laughs) You know, we care for each other, we read, we play games, we work around the house. This is not something that Hollywood's made out of. Right. You know what I mean? You're not yeah. gonna you're not gonna film us and say, Watch this exciting couple <laughs> You know. Now, would I change it so that I could be on television? no.
0: No. Right.
1: No, that's how real life is for people. It isn't really about all the drama you see on television. Yeah. It isn't about all the sexualization you see on television. It isn't about all the violence you see on television. In fact, you you could watch one half hour television program and see more violence in one half hour than you would see in your whole life, mm, yeah, for real, yeah, you know because that's how they hook you in. But if you're a child watching that, what becomes the norm? Yeah, our our nation right now we have a problem with people shooting other people. Mm-hmm. I forget that statistic is alarming, and people can look it up themselves. How many mass shootings we've had since the beginning of the year in 2023? Right, I think it's. I think it's almost at least one a day. Wow. I'm not sure what that number is, but but it's a lot. Yeah. So you look at that and go, okay. And then people who, who don't understand process, they're trying to legislate race, righteousness. So they'll come and say, well, let's make sure people don't have guns. You know what? Whether you let people have guns or not is not going to solve the problem of hate that's being demonstrated. There's another problem that leads to that. And and whether they use guns or they use homemade bombs or they use uh, knives or whatever they want to use, um, th- that is going to be a problem. So you got to address what they're thinking, not just the final end where a gun is used. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you look at that, you go, okay, we've got that problem. We've got the problem with, with that we talked about in the last program where young ladies are feeling sexualized and, and people don't really see each other they they think about using each other okay we got that problem so how do we how do we go about process thinking mm-hmm. well we said in the last program train your kids to look in each other's eyes rather than looking at the rest and checking out the body of somebody have them look in the eye we just said now earlier that you should have your children have emotions and feelings and talk about those but make sure they understand that they're not guided by them yeah And they don't have to get rid of them. Because if you feel like, well, I have to get rid of that bad feeling, well, maybe you don't. Maybe that bad feeling is there because it should be.
0: Right, right.
1: So so you don't have to get rid of it with alcohol or drugs or sex. You don't have to get rid of it. Um, You should feel sad. Like I told the students, I feel sad about the abortion push in our country all the time. I I mean, I'm not going to ever feel happy about that. Mm -hmm. But I don't need to do anything so I don't feel sad. The sadness is going to drive me uh, you know, to think about it and pray about it and do what I should do about it. Yeah. Um, I want to share a, a little chart. You can, if you're listening and you can scribble, you can scribble it out. When when people think about their actions again, it, your actions don't just happen in a void. They, they happen because something, there's a process that goes on and eventually you have an action that comes out of it. Uh, and the very first, the very bottom brick of that, if you build a wall, is, is the hours of influence. Yeah. So if you're watching hours and hours and hours and hours of pornography, you're doing that mm-hmm. and then uh, you're a high school boy and you're watching hours of pornography and then you take a girl out on the date.
0: Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? Right.
1: I mean, and, and anyone that's older right. enough goes, I know what you're thinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or and I've asked parents that because they'll go out and they'll they'll buy their daughter a fancy prom dress that is way too revealing. And then they they entrust their daughter to this guy on prom night. And I'm thinking, do you know how many young men are involved in pornography? I mean, do you even know? Mm -hmm. Do you know what they're thinking on that night? Yeah. Oh, the the boy taking my daughter probably isn't involved in. Mm. uh, Probably is. Yeah. Do you know, the honest truth is I assume that the people that we deal with I, I don't care summer camp whatever it might be i assume they've been exposed and they're they've been involved in pornography mm-hmm. because that's why girls are feeling over sexualized all the time is because people are trained to be thinking in those terms whether we like it or not so we have to stop that somehow the hours and hours the hours that people spend on pornography is affecting how they treat one another mm-hmm. so the hours of influence actually create a normal yeah, and that's what you have to understand the next brick is normal so hours of influence now there's a normal and the normal for people is to be sexualized to be used to say crass things uh, the normal is if i don't get my way there's violence uh, there's mass shoot I, that's the normal so so if i'm watching that hours of influence regardless youtube or whatever you know um Whatever's popular today that people, you know, TikTok, whatever it might be, if if I'm watching hours of that kind of stuff, and people are, yeah, and 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 I think it's private, but I'm watching it. That creates my normal. That normal actually then creates a worldview, mm-hmm. and that's why the, the girls that are feeling used sexually and and um, alone and, and that's why they feel that way, because they now have a worldview where you know, basically I'm good for sexual favors for somebody. Mm -hmm. Basically I have to look a certain way and act a certain way or I'm not going to be wanted. Okay. Where'd that worldview come from? It came from hours of influence that created a normal, right? That now gives you a worldview. Your worldview actually supports your values and opinions. Mm -hmm. So now your values and opinions are based on this false worldview that, The whole world is sexualized or violence or whatever it might be, or or you got to use people rather than love people. So your values and your opinions then support your actions. Mm -hmm. So if you really wanted to change your actions, you have to change your hours of influence. Now, I don't know how you can explain this to a a, a child, the kids your age, and how important that is. But I think, first of all, mom and dad need to understand this hours of influence thing is real. Mm -hmm. It's important. It sets the norm. Right. Once you set a normative behavior, it's very hard to break it. Right. So everyone that's listening now, there is a normative behavior in your home. Um, For example, you know, Jason, you treat your wife in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Your boys have been watching. You haven't sat down and said, here's how you treat a wife. I mean, you haven't done that necessarily. You haven't written it down. But they already know how to.
0: Right. They've been watching.
1: So there's a norm. That's the hours of influence right there. What do families do in the evening? How valuable are children? Do we ignore them and we just watch television? How valuable are they? There's already hours of influence where they watch mom and dad and they see what mom and dad do and how important they are to them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Okay, there's already a normative there. If you're 10 years old, you've already had 10 years of of hours of influence and, and you've absorbed that. Um, likewise, you know, years ago, I, I even asked a, a group of young people if they ever heard their dad say, I'm sorry, I did something wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At that particular point in that group, nobody ever heard their dad say that. No. And I thought, well, OK, so then how in the world do you learn how to say I'm sorry and I'm wrong? Yeah. Because it's normative for you to think that dad never either can say it or he never made a mistake, you know, or something. Yeah. And, and it's like the hours of influence isn't just media. It's growing up in a home and what they experience. Yep. And that's why some some families do things to create family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, they, they say things radical, like we should probably eat together. Yep. So do you guys
0: eat together? We do. Yeah, we yeah. try to make that a point. Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and so you sit at a table, you actually talk to each other, and do uh, you allow your phones there?
0: No, yeah. usually not.
1: I was thinking, I, you know, I I thought a phone company recently came up with an us button. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I forget what. It could be just an ad, and I'm missing the whole point because I wasn't paying attention that much. But I thought, that'd be cool. You have a button on your phone that says us time. You hit it, and it just makes the phone dead. There you go. You know what I mean? And, and so then people try and get a hold of you say, sorry, us time. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you're basically making a statement. It'd be kind of like putting it on airplane mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, and maybe that's what we need to do. Just hit, you know, tell everyone airplane mode. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and then all of a sudden it's not really connected, I think. I think that's what airplane mode does. It's not connected to the internet. And
0: Well, it's still connected to the internet. Oh, is it? But, yeah. I don't know anything.
1: Yeah. I, I, it's one of those things. So get an us mode button. Right, right. Uh, okay, those of you that are listening that, that create phones, let's get a button on, on the phone that says disconnect from the world. Yeah. And basically it sends the message out to people. That I'm actually spending time with my family, and I'm not going to stop it to talk to you. And, and you know what's funny is that I've had people get upset with me because they will call me or text me or something, and I don't respond. Mm. And I and, and when they come and talk to me, then you respond? I said, Oh, I saw it. I just was busy doing something. Right. Well, what do you have a phone for? I I don't know. I mean, I guess right. I guess I have one, so you can disturb me no matter what I'm doing, and, and 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 I can stop it and get back to you. Yeah. So I I think that we have to learn how to teach how to be respectful using those tools. I think we have to have you know there's certain people on my phone that no matter what they can get through in case of an emergency. So, I, I you know if I can program that, everybody in the world can program that. So mm-hmm. that isn't a big deal. But but I think to to look at things as tools and to realize hours of influence, yes. Television, movies, gaming, whatever it might be. Phones. Phones. But also, hours of influence. How about if we spend an hour around the dinner table?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That'd be unusual.
0: Or talking face-to-face with somebody. Unusual? Unusual.
1: You know, I mean, what if we valued things and we made a specific idea that the hours of influence are going to be things... Like, my kids are going to watch me have a discussion with somebody. hmm And they're going to be included as much as possible. Yeah. You know, um, or something else along the line. So the hours of influence. you know, the minute I say that, everyone says, oh, I know, television. No, I'm talking about when your child comes home from school. What goes on between the time they're home from school and the time they go to bed?
0: hmm Mm -hmm.
1: what do they see as a norm yeah what are they understanding about relationships during that time and what can be done to make it healthy right so that in your home when somebody's in your home they're in a healthy environment and it's obvious that it's different right And that's where your kids have a chance, I think, because now your hours of influence have created a normal. For them, it's normal to love mom and dad. For them, it's normal to talk to mom and dad. For them, it's normal to sit as a family and have dinner. For them, it's normal to bring any issues to their parents about how they're feeling uncomfortable, what somebody said, what somebody did. That's a normative behavior on their part, and mom and dad give them the time to do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's hours of influence now. Now, your, your chance of... Uh, helping your child be healthy are pretty good. Yeah, uh, Normative that, okay, parents saying, you know, you should go volunteer and, and learn how to work and work for nothing. Well, I would encourage parents, you go lead them. Go volunteer with them. We talked about in the last broadcast, you could come up to Silverbird Ranch on a dish crew. Bring your family up and do dish crew.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: bring two families up and do dish crew. just come up and serve together as a family let let the children see that you that's what you do and what you value in life and talk about being able to serve and being able to give yeah maybe even when you're you're giving resources money or gifts to somebody you talk about it as a family and say here we want to do this you know sometimes you you do want to let the kids see that you're doing something mm-hmm even though they may not understand everything about it, eventually they might say, well, why do you give our money away?
0: Right, right. You still want to model it.
1: Yeah. So, right. But it's hard if you're doing that secretly all the time. Right. Uh, in other words, the hours of influence have to be actually hours of influence. Right. And you need to understand how powerful they are.
0: Oh, totally. I mean, that's why even I make it intentional to use my physical Bible when I read it. Right. You know, because I don't want my, my boys to see me on my phone, even though I very could easily read my f- bible on my phone right but if they see my my phone then they think oh dad's just on his phone right and i, I don't want that
1: yeah you know if you really are stuck on electronics like i uh, I really like reading a kindle app mm. and so i read a lot on my my ipad actually yeah but if i had kids in my house yeah. i'd go get a kindle right i, I would change the format
0: that way they know, oh, it's a Kindle and not necessarily right. a tablet. It's not right. a
1: phone and it's not a tablet. It's actually a Kindle. It's not a computer. Right. And he's reading. Yeah. And, and I think that would, again, that's the hours of influencing. You're, what you're doing as a parent is you're thinking, what am I conveying without talking?
0: Right. Oh, absolutely.
1: Or what am I conveying just talking to my wife or my husband, if you're listening? You know, what am I conveying to my children as normal? Mm-hmm. and I want them to see over and over and over again, I really want them to see something. That becomes the hours of influence. Yeah. And eventually, those hours of influence, you know, you train up a child, as the Bible says, in the way they should go. When they get old, they're not going to depart from it because you gave them all this hours of influence. Now, those that abandon their children to the Internet, to movies, to television, to gaming, you're not going to have that. Mm-hmm. You need to think this through and be very careful. You want to watch something on television or even YouTube or something, why don't you watch it with them and make sure it's something that, if it's wrong, you can actually talk about it. That's the hours of influence kind right, of thing. Right, right. So hopefully this makes sense, and I do invite you to go to org and, and check out other episodes of Young or Older, and uh, come visit us at Silverbridge Ranch. Use this place to serve.
0: Yeah, and if you have no idea what's influencing you, I challenge you, in a given week, just start writing down like what you're doing throughout the day. And how long you're doing it, you'd be surprised at how many times you pick up your phone, how many times you turn—you know—you look at a screen, even if it's just something small, something big, something long. It's its quite a bit, you know. Or even in a social situation where you pick it up just to avoid an awkward moment. It's crazy. So I encourage you to look at the, the hours of influence in your life and even in the lives of your family and those around you. And I encourage you to challenge it and change it so you get set in a different tone. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.